As they were going along the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. To another he said, Follow me. But he said, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus said to him, Let the dead bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Another said, I will follow you, Lord. But let me first say farewell to those at my home. Jesus said to him, No one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Uh, Ordinary time in the church year. Uh, It's that time when there's nothing big going on in the story of Jesus. So you will remember that the church year starts in Advent, and then we get Christmas, and then we get a little break, and then we get Lent, and then we get Good Friday, and then we get Easter, and then we get 50 days, and then we get Pentecost, and then it's ordinary time. Now, I think that most of us say, well, you know, ordinary time is not important time. But in fact, it's probably the opposite, that in ordinary time, we really show who we are and whose we are. It's easier to be all about Jesus and following Jesus at Christmas, at Easter. But you know, in those ordinary, everyday times, that's when it really shows up whether or not we're following Jesus. You know, there was in uh, the 17th century, there was a Carmelite monk by the name of Brother Lawrence who wrote this little book about practicing the presence of Jesus or presence of God. And basically what Brother Lawrence had to say was, you know what, we should be present to God at all times in all places, ordinary times, especially, he said. So it would be like this, you know, okay, I'm present to God when I'm in the sanctuary, but then you go home and you're making your sandwich and for lunch, presumably, and you're like, okay, I am present to God in the bread and in my bologna and in my, my, my cheese whiz that I'm putting on my sandwich. In whatever I am doing, pimento loaf, in whatever I am doing, I should have an awareness of the presence of God. I mean, it's not that God is ever not present to us. It's that we are not present to God. And so one of the first things in our, in our spiritual lives is to learn more and more to be present to God in the everyday, in the small things in the ordinary times. And so when we come to this text in Luke, it's a really ordinary text. 
Now, if you go into your Bible and you look at it again, there is there's nothing big going on here. Right? It, it, there aren't uh, scribes and Pharisees questioning Jesus. Nope. Uh, there isn't, uh, uh, you know, a festival going on and Jesus is at the temple. Mm-mm. He is not doing any miracle. He's not feeding 5,000 people. He, he's not uh, healing someone who's coming up to him in great distress. Nope. All that's going on in this text is he and his, his little merry troop are walking down the road and having some conversations. That's it. That seems like pretty ordinary time. And when we look at these conversations that he's having, yes, they are about what it means to follow. Yes, they are about discipleship. And in each of these conversations, what we're going to find is something that's kind of holding that person back from taking the next step. Right? So the first guy says, Jesus, I'll follow you. And, and of course, Jesus says something that you're like, what? You know, I say, He says, "Um, foxes have holes and and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. I'm sure the guy's like, what? (laughs) But what Jesus is really saying is, fella, you really like your creature comforts. You like a roof over your head. You like to be in your bed at night. And if you're going down the road with me, you're going to be sleeping in some places you don't like. This guy really has this issue of being comfortable. And we could take that idea of being comfortable and put it into a lot of contexts. You know, uh, the church has this thing often about getting comfortable in the way it does things. And by golly, don't don't let anyone change things up because we're comfortable right where we are. Or you might be comfortable with certain people and not comfortable with others. There are a lot of Christians who are very welcoming and loving if it's people like them that they're comfortable with. But everybody else, well, not so much. Not really here. But you get the point that sometimes when Jesus, you know, is going down the road and we say, I'm going to follow you, Jesus, we've got this thing about being comfortable that's going to hold us back at least. A little. Then Jesus is still walking down the road. He turns to someone else. He says, follow me. And this guy's like, yeah, but you know what? First, let me go home and bury my father. Now, of course, we don't know that his father has even died. Uh, It's more likely that what he's saying is, well, my family and my parents are really important to me, and I want to honor my father, and I'm going to go home, and I'm going to spend time there with them, and once they're gone, I will be free and clear to come and find you and follow after you, Jesus. So for a lot of disciples, one of the things that holds you back from maybe following Jesus is that you've got priorities, you've got family, you've got loved ones, you've got people you care about, and it all sounds well and good to say, Jesus, I'll follow you no matter what, but when it, when it comes right down to it, we're going to take care of our loved ones. And Jesus basically says, let the dead bury their dead, you serve the kingdom of God. You know, Jesus is always going to say, uh, hey, the, you know, the, to follow me is about serving God. Okay, well, then comes the 
one who's like, ta-ta-ta, but I, Jesus, maybe not them, but I will follow you. And then he says, but all I want to do, which is very much, is I want to go back to my village and I want to say goodbye to everybody and then I'll come back and follow you. Now, it sounds to me like what this guy is saying is, I want to go back to my village. I want them to go, yay for you. What a great guy you are. Let's have a a party and a parade and then off you go. This guy's motivations are that he wants to be seen. He wants to be special. He He wants people to notice him and what he's doing. This guy's motivations are, you know, he wants credit for following Jesus. And that doesn't seem like a very good motivation if you get right down to it. You know, I know uh, many years ago I was in this uh, little church, maybe 50 people, and during the worship service they were doing the offering. And this lady stands up and she goes, Count the offering! Whatever is in the plate, I will double! And I thought... What in God's name are you doing? You know, most of us, what would we do? We'd go after the service, or the next day we'd go in private and we'd say, you know, uh, what was in the offering? I want to double it. But what did, what was the motivation? Obviously, she wanted everybody to see and hear what she was doing. And so there is something about motivations that Jesus is putting in front of him, saying your motivations may not be in the right place. Because then Jesus says, hey, if you put your hand to the plow, don't look back. Now, now that imagery is really about, you know, you're plowing your field. The field, you think about it, he's thinking about serving the kingdom of God, right, with plowing the field. And if you're plowing the field and you're looking to see who's watching us, your rows, unless you've got some old, you know, nag that just... But your rows are probably going to go wonky. And if the rows go wonky, your seeds are going to be wonky. And guess what? Your harvest is going to be wonky too. So Jesus isn't saying, don't be looking back to the past. Jesus is saying, you know, if you're going to do the work of God, don't worry about who's watching you. Just do the work I call you to do. So in these three, we get three different ways that people are kind of being held back from going off and following Jesus. But there are two things that I think are really important here to lift up for us in our own discipleship. And the first is that if you open up the Bible, you will find there's a little uh, subheading before this scripture that says, would-be followers of Jesus. Now, the thing to remember is this. Those little headings aren't in the original text. Some later translator puts them in to help us see what's being done in this in this particular passage. And I think it forces us into this place where we're going either you follow or you don't. That we start to make these either-ors in the life of faith. You're a follower of Jesus, you're not. You're a sinner, you're a saint. You listen to God, you listen to the devil. You're in the world, you're in the kingdom of God. And Jesus, in his responses, is trying to show us it's a lot more ambiguous and unclear than that. Jesus doesn't say, oh, you're not my follower. 
Jesus doesn't say, nope, you're out. Jesus really just says to them, well, I'd like you to think about this. You see, the way Jesus responds to people who are like, Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you want me to go, is, no, you won't. I know that. Do you know that? You see, all of us have things, have limits in our lives. All of us have things that will keep us from just throwing everything away and following Jesus. And and I really don't think that's what Jesus is saying. It's not an either or. It's not a either you follow him or you don't. It's a you follow him, but but be careful you don't say, I'm going to be a missionary in Africa. And then you find you don't like heat and dust and bugs and you you don't like travel. You're not going to be a very good missionary. And that says, that Jesus is trying to get us to do some self-examination. It's like Jesus is trying to say to each of them, who are you really? What are your motivations really? Because until we can see ourselves clearly, we're not going to be able to follow in the way that God asks us, each of us, to follow. Right? You have heard me say before, you wouldn't like it very much if the next week I was fixing the boilers in the church and George was up here preaching, although I think most of you would rather have George preaching than me fixing the boilers. But once you're clear on what God has given you to do for the work of the kingdom, then do that work. Don't try and be someone you're not. That, I think, is really what Jesus is driving at here. It's not an either or. It's about you continually recognizing how you are gifted by God and serving the kingdom as you are called to serve. But then there's this second thing that I want us to think about as well. You know, you got this first piece about not trying to be something you are not. But the second piece here is that Jesus is really saying there's a journey here that you're on. And every part of the journey is not the same. We don't know how the stories of these three guys, how that ends. We don't know how they change. We don't know where they go. We don't know what they do. And Jesus is leaving that open-ended because, listen, If you're 20 years old, you might say, I don't care if I have a roof over my head. Give me a bedroll and I'm going to go and I'm going to sleep out under the stars. But when you're 70, you're like, give me a roof and a bed. Or when you're 30 years old, you might say, you know, taking care of my family is my top priority. That's where my energy is. But when you're in your 60s and they're grown and living a good life, you might go, I have more time for you, God. You see, it's not there's a one-time, one thing to follow. Life is about change and growth and following Jesus in the season you're in, in the place you're in, with the commitments you have, with the gifts you have. That's what Jesus is trying to place before us. And it's true for the church, the body of Christ, to always say, where are we now? Where does God call us to go? You see, the way we get at being 
a disciple following Jesus, taking the next step, having the right motivations of serving others, is again about practicing the presence of God. Because if the love of God and love of neighbor is flowing through us, we'll be following Jesus. We'll be doing the things He asks us to do where we are, as we are. It is always about being present and attuned to the living God. And so, in this day, Jesus says, take a look at who you are and who I've made you to be. See me at work in your life and in the world, because if you can do that, you will take that step, and you will follow me. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.